Chapter 20. A View from a Chandelier. There was in the banquet hall a most beautiful and ornate chandelier. The crystals that hung from it caught the light of the candles on the table and the light from the face of the laughing princess. They danced to the rhythm of the minstrel's music, swaying back and forth, twinkling and beckoning. What better place to view all this glory, all this beauty? There was so much laughing and singing and juggling that no one noticed as Rusguro crawled up a table leg and onto the table and from there flung himself onto the lowest branch of the chandelier. Hanging by one paw, he swung back and forth, admiring the spectacle below him the smells of the food, the sound of the music, and the light, the light, the light. Amazing, unbelievable. Roscuro smiled and shook his head. <clears throat> Unfortunately, a rat can hang from a chandelier for only so long before he is discovered. This would be true at even the loudest party. Reader, do you know who it was that spotted him? You're right, the sharp-eyed Princess P. A rat, she shouted. A rat is hanging from the chandelier. The party, as I have noted, was loud. The minstrels were strumming and singing. The people were laughing and eating. The man with the jingle cap was juggling and jingling. No one in the midst of all this merriment heard the pee. No one except for Roscuro. Rat. He had never before been aware of what an ugly word it was. <clears throat> Rat. In the middle of all that beauty, it became immediately clear that it was an extremely distasteful syllable. Rat. A curse, an insult, a word totally without light. And not till he heard it from the mouth of the princess did Roscuro realize that he did not like being a rat, that he did not want to be a rat. This revelation hit Roscuro with such force that it made him lose his grip on the chandelier. The rat reader fell. And alas, he fell right directly into the queen's bowl of soup. Chapter 21. The queen's last words. The queen loved soup. She loved soup more than anything in the world except for the princess P and the king. And because the queen loved it, Soup was served in the castle for every banquet, every lunch, and every dinner. And what soup it was. Cook's love and admiration for the queen and her palate moved the broth that she concocted from the level of mere food to a high art. On this particular day, for this particular banquet, Cook had outdone herself. The soup was a masterwork. 
a delicate mingling of chicken, watercress, and garlic. Roscuro, as he surfaced from the bottom of the queen's capacious bowl, could not help taking a few appreciative sips. Lovely, he said, distracted for a moment from the misery of his existence. Delightful. See, shouted the pea, see? She stood. She pointed her finger right at Roscuro. It is a rat. I told you that it was a rat. He was hanging from the chandelier, and now he is in Mama's soup. The musicians stopped playing their guitars. The jugglers stopped juggling. The noble people stopped eating. The queen looked at Roscuro. Roscuro looked at the queen. Reader, in the spirit of honesty, I must utter a difficult and unsavory truth. Rats are not beautiful creatures. They are not even cute. They are really rather nasty beasts, particularly if one happens to appear in your bowl of soup with pieces of watercress clinging to his whiskers. There was a long moment of silence, and then Roscuro said to the queen, I beg your pardon. In response, the queen flung her spoon in the air and made an incredible noise, a noise that was in no way worthy of a queen, a noise somewhere between the neigh of a horse and the squeal of a pig, a noise that sounded something like this. And then she said, there is a rat in my soup. The queen was really a simple soul, and always her whole life had done nothing except state the overly obvious. She died as she lived. There is a rat in my soup, were the last words she uttered. She clutched her chest and fell over backwards. Her royal chair hit the floor with a thump, and the banquet hall exploded. Spoons were dropped, chairs were flung back. Save her, thundered the king, you must save her. All the king's men ran to try to rescue the queen. Roscuro climbed out of the bowl of soup. He felt that under the circumstances, it would be best if he left. As he crawled across the tablecloth, he remembered the words of the prisoner in the dungeon. His regret that he did not look back at his daughter as he left her. And so Roscuro turned. He looked back. And he saw that the princess was glaring at him. Her eyes were filled with disgust and anger. Go back to the dungeon was what the look she gave him said. Go back into the darkness where you belong. And this reader broke Roscuro's heart. Do you think that rats do not have hearts? Wrong. All living things have a heart, and the heart of any living thing can be broken. If the rat had not looked over his shoulder, perhaps his heart would not have been broken. And it is possible, then, that I would not have a story to tell. But, reader, he did look. Chapter 22. 
he puts his heart together again. Roscuro hurried from the banquet hall. A rat, he said. He put a paw over his heart. I am a rat, and there is no light for rats. There will be no light for me. The king's men were still bent over the queen. The queen was still. Sh- the king was still shouting, "Save her! Save her!" And the queen was still dead, of course. When Rescuro encountered the queen's royal soup spoon, lying on the floor, "I will have something beautiful," he said aloud. "I am a rat, but I will have something beautiful. I will have a crown of my own." He picked up the spoon. He put it on his head. Yes, said Rascuro. I will have something beautiful. And I will have revenge. Both things, somehow. There are those hearts, reader, that never mend again once they are broken. Or if they do mend, they heal themselves in a crooked and lopsided way as if sewn together by a careless craftsman. Such was the fate of Chiaroscuro. His heart was broken. Picking up the spoon and placing it on his head, speaking of revenge, these things helped him to put his heart together again, but it was, alas, put together wrong. Where is the rat? shouted the king. Find that rat! If you want me, muttered Roscuro, as he left the banquet hall. I will be in the dungeon, in the darkness. Read the next chapter, read the next chapter. Chapter 23. Consequences. There were, of course, dire consequences of Roscuro's behavior. Every action reader, no matter how small, has a consequence. For instance, the young Roscuro gnawed on Gregory the jailer's rope, and because he gnawed on the rope, a match was lit in his face, and because a match was lit in his face, his soul was set afire. The rat's soul was set afire, and because of this, he journeyed upstairs, seeking the light. Upstairs in the banquet hall, the Princess P spotted him and called out the word rat, and because of this, Roscuro fell into the queen's soup, And because the rat fell into the queen's soup, the queen died. You can see, can't you, how everything is related to everything else. You can see quite clearly how every action has a consequence. For instance, if, reader, you will indulge me and allow me to continue this meditation on consequences. Because the queen died while eating soup, the heartbroken king outlawed soup. And because soup was outlawed, so were all instruments involved in the making and the eating of soup, spoons, and bowls, and kettles. These things were collected from all the people of the kingdom of Dor, and they were piled in the dungeon. And because Roscaro was dazzled by the light of one match and journeyed upstairs and fell into the queen's soup, and the queen died, the king ordered the death of every rat in the land. The king's men went bravely into the dungeon to kill the rats. But the thing about killing a rat is that you must first find a rat 
And if a rat does not want to be found, reader, he will not be found. The king's men succeeded only in getting lost in the dungeon's torturous mazes. Some of them, in fact, did not ever find their way out again and died there in the dark heart of the castle. And so the killing of all rats was not successful. And in desperation, King Philip declared that rats were illegal. He declared them outlaws. This, of course, was a ridiculous law, as rats are outlaws to begin with. How can you outlaw an outlaw? It is a waste of time and energy. But still, the king officially decreed that all rats in the kingdom of Dor were outlaws and should be treated as such. When you are king, you may make as many ridiculous laws as you like. That is what being a king is all about. But reader, we must not forget that King Philip loved the queen and that without her, he was lost. This is the danger of loving. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how many kingdoms you rule, you cannot stop those you love from dying. Making soup illegal, outlawing rats, these things soothe the poor king's heart, and so we must forgive him. And what of the outlawed rats? What of one outlawed rat in particular? What of Chiaroscuro? In the darkness of the dungeon, he sat in his nest with a spoon atop his head. He set to work fashioning for himself a kingly cape made out of a scrap of the red tablecloth. And as he worked, one old, old one-eared Botticelli Remorso sat next to him, swinging his locket back and forth, back and forth, saying, you see what comes from a rat going upstairs. I hope that you have learned your lesson. Your job in this world is to make others suffer. Yes, muttered Rusker. Yes, that is exactly what I intend to do. I will make the princess suffer for how she looked at me. And as Rusker worked and planned, the jailer Gregory held tight to his rope and made his own way through the darkness. And in a dank cell, the prisoner, who had once had a red tablecloth, now had nothing. He spent his days and nights weeping quietly. High above the dungeon, upstairs in the castle, a small mouse stood alone one evening as his brothers and sisters sniffed for crumbs. He stood with his head cocked to one side, listening to a sweet sound that he did not yet have a name for. There would be consequences of the mouse's love for music. You, reader, know already some of those consequences. Because of the music, the mouse would find his way to the princess. He would fall in love. And speaking of consequences, the same evening that Despero stood inside the castle hearing music for the first time, Outside the castle, in the gloom of dusk, more consequences drew near. A wagon driven by the king's soldier, and piled high with spoons and bowls and kettles, were making its way to the castle. And besides the soldier, beside the soldier, there sat a young girl, 
with ears that looked like nothing so much as pieces of cauliflower stuck on each side of her head. The girl's name, reader, was Midgery Sow. And though she did not yet know it, she would be instrumental in helping the rat work his revenge. And that is the end of the second book.